You're listening to the Behaviour Change Marketing Bootcamp Podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Dale, and together we'll explore how behavioural science and social marketing and design thinking can be used to communicate, change and influence behaviour. Every week we chat with the experts, that's the practitioners, the academics and the book writers, and we share three aha moments to help you increase your impact and set your comms and marketing on fire. We interrupt this session on the 2023 Behavioural Science Predictions for 2023 to let you know that one prediction is definitely coming true. And that is that Behaviour Change Marketing Bootcamp is back. Our next one-day deep dive bootcamp training day is on the 22nd of February. So head on over to www.socialinsightmarketing.co.uk forward slash bootcamp to grab your spot. Our hearts are full. Thank you so much because we are finishing 2022 with that training already being half booked. And also the early bird is tweeting. So hop over there and do grab your spot. And just for anyone who doesn't quite know what the boot camps are, the boot camps are our one day deep dive training. So you spend the whole day getting to grips with the fundamentals of behavioural science. We use design thinking tools such as empathy mapping and persona building to really get to grips with how we can influence behaviours and communicate change, but taking it to a whole new level. And that's because we really centre in on the importance and the skill set needed to really deeply, truly and madly understand your audience, because that is where the power of behaviour change lies. It's also great fun. We have professionals from the NHS, local authority, charities, agencies, people joining us from all over the country. We keep it quite small because we really love the power of the relationships and the creativity sharing. It's very active. It's online, yes, but it's very active. You will be doing stuff all day. So it's one day really that just kickstarts your learning and will elevate you in 2023. And Increasing impact around some of the challenges at the moment is not a wish list. With everything that's happening, it's a must do. So I'd love to see you there, but I'm going to stop talking now. Let's head over to the episode and please do listen straight through to the end. I'm so sorry, Dominic. I could not resist. There are some outtakes there. It was a really fun session. Thanks so much, Dominic. So uh, yes, I'm definitely stopping talking now. Let's head on over. So today we have with us a very special guest, a complete expert in all things behavioural science, behaviour change marketing and behaviour change communications. His name is Dominic Ridley-Moyce and he is the co-chair of the CIPR, Local Public Services Group. He also works very closely with the CAN Council, is that correct? And he is a complete pro in delivering of behaviour change consultancy, behaviour change training and delivers some amazing courses. He also runs the Behaviour Change Network. So welcome, Dominic. I'm sorry, I did mess up. We were laughing earlier and I did just mess up his introduction completely. So Dominic, big hello to you. And please also take a second to introduce yourself. Well, thank you for that lovely introduction. It was uh, some very kind words in there. So yeah, so my name's uh, Dominic Whitley moy as you said. I run the Behaviour Change Network. So basically, it's really just about helping comms people use behaviour change principles in their campaigns and apply it from everything from cost of living to recycling to littering to climate change to all the big problems facing us today from workshops through to consultancy. And that's what I do. Amazing. Thank you, Dominic. So 
Dominic is here today and he's going to share with us three predictions for behavioral science in marketing and communications for 2023. So as he is the expert on this, pretty much whatever he says goes. But no, only joking, Dominic. But it's lovely to think ahead and try and get ahead of the game and to try and learn a little bit to see how actually we can take some of this stuff and apply it in our future planning. Because one of the ultimate goals, of course, for any communicator is the strategy and the plan. So taking some time out to reflect and just to think, okay, what's going to hit us next year? Could there be anything, possibly any more stuff around the corner? But thinking about that just through a behavioural science lens is a real privilege. And so thank you for sharing your thoughts with us. So anyone listening, grab a pen and Dominic's going to share his top three predictions for 2023. So over to you, Dominic. Okay, excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much for that. So I think prediction number one follows on very neatly from what you were just saying. So I think one of the big predictions is around people understanding behavioral science and some of the frameworks a bit more. So I'm sure a lot of people listening will have either read one of the nudge books or is familiar with the book. So they're a good place to start. And there's been lots of debate recently in the behavioral science community about whether nudges work. And my answer to that is, yes, they they do work. And it's a bit like saying, does science work? So I think good science works and bad science doesn't work. And it's the same with behavioral science and applying it. So I think one of the big things, and certainly one of the areas that I work in, and I think as comms people, a lot of the things that we need to focus in is getting that understanding of what shifts behavior. So things like understanding context, measurement, testing, all those kinds of things, and really kind of getting to grips with frameworks where we understand why are people's behaviors changing, what motivates those behaviors, how can we shift them. So this is a big area, I think, around upskilling people who want to use the theory. Prediction number two is really that behavior change on its own is not enough. So behavior change can do lots of different things. And I think it's really exciting times. There's loads of areas where behavior change can buddy up with lots of different friends. So things like AI, or artificial intelligence, data science, linguistics, possibly even the metaverse, but who knows if that's actually going to be a thing. So there's loads of things there where I think behavior science is going to work with other disciplines. That's going to be fascinating. And then I think the third one for me is, I think it's probably just, it's a passion of mine. And I think a really important area for behavioral science, and that's around climate change. Because actually saving the planet is arguably the biggest challenge facing us at the moment. And if I could get this right, it's the inter- Governmental Panel on Climate Change, which is the global body that looks at stuff we can do to tackle climate change. According to them, there's 61 things we should all be doing to tackle climate change. And the good things is that they're all behaviours. So they're all things we can avoid, all things we can start doing, and all things we can improve on. So that's a massive area where behaviour change theory can literally help make such a global difference. So those are kind of my predictions based on where I think the industry needs to involve and also areas I'm working on. Thank you, Dominic. So let's just recap those really quickly for anyone listening, or I should say for everyone listening. So the first one was really about getting to grips with the theory a bit and understanding, I've written there, a good understanding of what shifts behaviours and what motivates behaviours. So of course, I completely agree with that. But 
How have you got any tips, Dominic, for like sometimes there is quite a lot of theory out there? And are you saying, you know, everyone has to run off and get their master's in behavioral science? And what does an upskilled comms professional need to do in order to feel that confidence in using the behavioral science? So, I mean, it's something that only I say when I run my workshop, because actually the thing is that it's just taking a step back to think what is happening. So if you take recycling as an example, it's just some really easy things. It's say, why are people not recycling at the moment? What's stopping them? What are the barriers to recycling? So is it that like in a flat, it could be that actually there's people in flats often don't tend to have bins to recycle. So if you don't have a bin, no amount of communications is going to shift that behavior. So it's thinking through, how is it happening? Why is it happening? What's happening? When is it happening? When do people perform that behavior? So it's quite a simple model to just think about how are people behaving? What motivates them? And what what are the barriers? What do we need to shift? And just taking that time out can make such a big difference. Okay, thank you. I completely agree, of course, completely biased because the insight part of behavioural change is my most favourite part. And so have you got any tips for people if they're in the comms role, they're really, really busy? And where do they get this insight from, Dominic? You know, how do they find out who's got bins, who hasn't? How do they get some of the knowledge around these insights? I mean, I, I think the kind of things like at one end, you've got the kind of gold standard randomised control trial. So they're kind of really scientific um, experiments you can do. But often, particularly local authorities and other organisations, there isn't that money to do that. So things like surveys, focus groups, even just having an internal workshop where you just chat through what are the barriers can be enough at times and just thinking through hey, what are some of the problems, what's stopping people from doing what we want them to do. And those are quite easy ways to have a think about what the problems are and how you can shift them. Okay. No, that's brilliant. So connecting with people. And often I think, do you, like, would you agree that people have complete data overload? There's loads of data within existing comms departments from past campaigns and, you know, social analytics and things that can start to tell a story for you. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing. And, and the model that I like the most and use for this bit is the combi model because and that's really oh, okay. really useful because that kind of gets you to think about think about kind of problems so i i'd start with with something like that so just google combi it was developed by ucl i think back in 2011 and that's quite a good way to sort of just think about not necessarily thinking about all the data out there but what behavior do we want to change yeah Oh, brilliant. And we'll put a link to Combi in the show notes for everyone so they can have a look at that. Yeah, and it's absolutely brilliant behaviour change tool. So thank you. So then your second one, and this is brilliant. And it's about, I think, do you think behavioural behavior change, behavioural science is becoming a discipline in its own right and then connecting with these other really exciting ones like AI is incredibly exciting. And you mentioned data measurement as well. And I do think there's a huge connection between behavioural science and data measurement. But can you expand a little bit more on what you mean about that? Yeah, so I think taking the behavioural science element of it, what's great is that it's more and more organisations is using it. There's been so many experiments done all around the world, so we know that it works. And there's lots of frameworks out there that we can use. And I think the interesting thing is in the in the public sector, we, we tend to say it's quite new and you know people have started to embed it. But actually, if you look at 
supermarkets, for instance, they've been using the psychology and behavioral science for decades now. So it's all the kind of thing. I was reading an example. I can't remember what it's from. I think it's from the 70s, where whichever, I think it was, was it someone like Procter & Gamble? But whoever it was, they were using psychologists to text, to, to look at everything from how chips tasted to a whole host of other different things. So they've all been using it for a very, very long time. But I think now it's really becoming mainstream. So it's really exciting to see where it's going to go. And what, sorry, what's the second bit? Yeah. And the other one was AI. Because I, I honestly, AI, I'm, I'm intrigued by it, but I'm not sure I understand it fully, if that makes sense. Have you got any thoughts on the rise of AI and the sort of where it will go to next year? So I think, I mean, I think it's kind of with AI and data, that's all going to kind of merge together. So I think with data, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of thought given to how we can use open data and just data that's out there already to predict what people are going to do. So everything from, say, mobile phone usage to kind of all the other data that's out there on the internet that you control through. And it's just really exciting to think about how we can all use it to help predict what we're going to do. And I think artificial intelligence, again, I mean, that's probably, in some ways, it's quite scary that I think that field is definitely one to watch. And there's going to be lots of things we can do in terms of how machine learning can help us get there quicker in terms of finding out things. But also through to, there's a company I work with who have a talking lamppost. So talking to the lamppost and reporting everything from flight tipping to helping you recycle more to tackling climate change. It's another interesting area. So that opportunities are endless, but I could go on, on for hours. So I'll, I'll stop there. Yeah. No, that it does sound exciting though. Talking lampposts. <laughs> Brilliant. So, and finally, the third one, of course, climate change, absolutely massive, sort of knocks every other challenge out of the park, really. So, yeah, have you got any advice for anyone who's actually working on climate change campaigns? Yeah, so definitely. And I think what's interesting from a behavioural point of view, that communicating climate change and why it's so important is really, really is vital. So people need to understand that. But I think most people do. The thing that we need to get better at is getting people to take that first step. So if you want to change to a greener energy tariff, or install uh, solar heat pumps or solar panels, those kinds of things. You need to get people to take that initial step. And often the things that make the biggest difference is saving money and how easy it is. So, for instance, we wouldn't necessarily insulate our loft because it's hard work. It's it's a difficult thing to do. So people are not always going to do that. So what we need to do is make it easy. So if you take that through to its logical conclusion, when you move house, that's a really good time to get people to look at their loft insulation. Not always something we think about. Yeah. And I suppose, like you say, that goes back to your first thoughts about actually understanding why people do what they do. And so those are two really good reasons because it's easier, because it's the easy option. Yeah. And what was the other one to save money? Yeah. And those are the kind of things you could unpick in like a focus group or a survey. What is it that gets you to do X or Y? So it doesn't need to be rocket science. It can be a simple question about, you Mm -hmm. know, why did you change energy tariff? Was it because it was greener? Was it because you moved house? Was it because you wanted to save money? So you can ask people those questions and find out the answers pretty quickly. Yeah. 
Oh, no, that's so interesting because I saw in some of the chats, I'm not sure where, but we were talking about why people changed, like you say, their fuel, why people are making decisions around their heating. And actually, it was the cost of living crisis. People are looking to save money quickly. And so some people are saying, well, yeah, this is good news for the climate if people are being slightly more responsible with their, you know, decisions around fuel and, you know, trips, short trips in the car and But of course, really serious subject, cost of living, you know, real problems out there with fuel poverty and people not being able to afford their homes. So this is literally, you know, the excess decision. So the motivator isn't actually anything to do with the desired outcome, but it's actually quite beneficial in some ways. And you've you've hit the nail on the head because at the end of the day, like if you take people on lower incomes at the moment, and all the behavioural science tends to suggest that people on lower incomes and in debt can make much worse decisions. And the sad fact is that actually, if you if you haven't got enough money to kind of feed yourself and your family and heat your home, your primary motivation is going to be about what you can and can't afford. So the only way you're going to move to that tariff that's greener is if it saves you money. So that has to be front and centre of a decision like that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Dominic. So what's happening with you as well? I hear you have an amazing course coming up. It ran for the first time in 2022 and it's running again in 2023. Can you share a little bit about that, please? Yeah. So yeah, no, it's a great course and really enjoy running it and always get a really good bunch of people on it. And basically, it's just thinking through how can you shift people's behaviours? So if you're running campaigns on anything that's a behaviour, so it could be around healthy habits, it could be around cycling to work as opposed to driving, littering, climate change, cost of living, all those kinds of areas. So basically, what I do is take people through and think about how are people behaving, why are they behaving, and then what can you do? How can you be confident that when you do stuff in your campaign, you will help people make better choices? And it's just really exciting seeing people go on the journey and get that understanding. And then also right at the end, thinking about how you can measure whether you've been successful. So if you're a communications professional, it's kind of, it's a bit like thinking how how Oasis and Rosie, which are kind of comms frameworks, how they marry up with behavior change. And you get that kind of real sort of shift in, in behavior. And then the next one starts on the 19th of January, two hours a week. So yeah, if you're interested, do get in touch. And I'm always happy to chat about whether it works for you or not. So we'll definitely put the link to the course in the show notes. But just for anyone driving, can't write anything down, just so they know, Dominic, what's the URL? How is the best way to get in touch with you? Well, if you just search for Behaviour Change Network on Google, you'll find me. Okay, fantastic. So Dominic's Behaviour Change Masterclass course starts, it's a five-week course, and also Mm -hmm. people get a follow-up with you, is that correct? Yes, so there's one hour follow-up as well. And so it's five weeks of actually how you apply behavioural science alongside methodologies such as Oasis. I even heard the magical word measurement in there somewhere. And do they get homework? Yeah, there's a bit of homework. So um, <laughs> a bit of homework. A little bit of homework. So it's the type of thing you could spend half an hour doing it and you could spend several hours if you wanted to. So it depends how much yeah. you want to get into it. So most of the content is during the course, basically. And then there's a bit afterwards. But it's it's up to you how much you decide to do. Yeah. No, thanks so much, Dominic. It looks like an absolutely brilliant course. 
So yeah, I would recommend everyone to hop on, have a look, see if it's for you. So we always always finish our episodes with asking our guests what their favourite book is or a book that they would recommend for people. And it doesn't have to be about behavioural science. It often is. But so do you have a book that you would recommend, Dominic? Oh, I was going to, I was debating whether to change to something that's not behavioural science. <laughs> so, but yes, no, I have, I have thought about this and I am going to go with a behavioural science book simply because I'm doing loads of work around habits at the moment and looking to do another course on habits next year, which I think is a really interesting and exciting area. So if you haven't read it, Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg is really interesting. And he founded the Behaviour Design Lab at Stanford. And what I really like about his book is that, and I think this is what he talks about being so important with habits, is having a behaviour model that explains quick, clearly and quickly how to shift that behaviour. So he's got his model around habits, BMAP, which basically says that to, for behavior, i.e. a habit to start or change, you need motivation, ability, and a prompt. So it's really simple things you can do in your everyday life to be more healthy, be more productive, to a whole host of other things. So yeah, definitely worth a read, especially okay. as we come through to the new year. Yeah, absolutely. So just for everyone listening, we're committing to get this out just before the new year. Because it is a predictions 2023 and also give everyone a chance to get Dominic's early bird to sign up for the course as well. But what a perfect book to start 2023 on, because as we set those wonderful New Year's resolutions, how deep is that belief that we will actually follow through? I wonder. I think, I think there's, there's an interesting question about do people who come up with New Year's resolutions, are they more likely to follow through because they've started it on New Year's Day or in January? <laughs> I love it. I love New Year's resolutions. Are you going to set one, Dominic? For myself? Yeah. Well, <laughs> put you I on mean, the spot now. <laughs> I mean, I possibly am, but I think the thing is, if I, well, yeah, what I'm going to bring a bit of behavioral science into it. And uh, if I do, it's only going to be one, because if you do too many, you're likely to fail because we're, we're cognitively lazy. There you go, a bit of behavioural science jargon there. So I'll set myself one, and it's going to be something about exercise. But I think I'm, more importantly, I'm going to follow one of the models. Otherwise, I won't stick to it. Okay. Oh, intriguing. Maybe we'll have to check back, see what your model is, <laughs> track your progress. <laughs> yeah. I'll post regularly on LinkedIn of me and a cross trainer. So I'll use a kind oh. of commitment device to share with everyone and uh, that'll make me much more likely to do it. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Oh, so thank you so much for sharing your three predictions. Incredibly useful. Thank you so much. Um, good luck with the course. Everyone, if you haven't had a look at the Paper Change Network yet, go on Google, Google it. Okay, well, thank you so much for having me on. It's been great. And yes, looking forward to lots of behaviour change in 2023. Do I need to give you cut hand signals if like we're... (laughs) (laughs) Do you have special signals like, (laughs) this means stop talking, this means... I can see you're recording it. Well, you'll edit this bit out, presumably. No, this is the best bit. (laughs) No, yeah. (laughs) So we'll get started. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm only joking. Thank you so much for listening. We're so delighted you joined us. And if you got any value out of this at all, or even if you just simply had a little chuckle, please do share it with anyone you think it may benefit. 
And please, if you do leave a review, oh my gosh, we would be forever in your debt. The algorithms on podcasts are pretty tough and reviews do make all the difference. So please do head over onto your platform and leave us one. And also, if you need to know anything about our latest training or you just want to get in touch, head over to our website, which is www.socialinsightmarketing.co.uk forward slash bootcamp.